Welcome everyone, we are about to begin Feedback and Insight Sheer number 9 Email address shalombayis777 at gmail.com I would first uh, relate a personal um, story or insight When I was younger, I used to occasionally go to Rav Vigda Miller Zechetzadik Lovracha's um, Thursday night shiurim and he had, and I listened to many, many of his tapes as well, and he had many shiurim on marriage. Something I think 620 was one of them, the Ten Commandments of Marriage. Very, very insightful things that he said. But I do want to go through some of the reactions and emotions as I was listening to him, and the important things um, to understand when you listen to his shiurim and to understand the balance of things. So let me put it to, the, to you this way. When I first went there, and I was idealistic bocher at the time, listening to the shiurim on marriage, the way he depicted it, there was a lot of wonderful lessons in there. But at the same time, I became somewhat disillusioned because up to that point, I had this like sort of idealistic, romantic... Um, Ganadin type um, hasoga in my head, like a lot of idealistic Bachram do or girls do, um, about what marriage is about and how if you find the right one, it's going to be wonderful and it's going to be bliss and it's, you know. And what he did a lot, for example, he used to say that very often the husband and wife are like sandpaper to each other. Sandpaper meaning that they rub, they, they refine each other, but very often in initially unpleasant ways, but that's how your character grows. Then he went on to talk about how the unromantic aspects of uh, dirty stockings hanging in the bathroom, dirty uh, laundry, and very much the unromantic side of it, and the more realistic aspects of marriage somewhat even a little cynical at times. And I was like taken aback at the time. And at, uh, to be frank with you, it, it bothered me a little bit at the time. But now I want to tell you that subsequent to that, after I got married, and then that, uh, that unromantic, realistic side hit home, I was prepared for it. And it actually helped a lot. And you have to balance those two um, hasagas there. Some are too, um, if they were out there too much or listened to, many, to too many of these uh, marriage jokes, or unfortunately saw um, marriages that near them, from people close to them that um, are not good, then they will have a too cynical aspect of marriage, saying, oh, this is what I should expect. It's going to be, uh, it's going to be Gehenna. And on the flip side of it, the people who are totally in the sky and very real, you know, unrealistic, like I probably was when I was a bocher, um, gets thrown off when the real reality hits on, you know, real problems that come up in any marriage, even the best of marriages. Because a marriage really is beautiful, can be beautiful, and um, but it's very important to understand that what Rabbi Vigdemel said is correct. 
it is uh, also an opportunity for growth. Um, and but that sometimes is caused by some friction that's based on some realism of, you know, regular daily grind of life things, uh, times where, um, you know, things are not romantic or gla- not glamorous, and that's really part of, part of everyone's life. That's what it is. So you need to know the balance between the two opposite points. And um, so that's one thing I wanted to mention from Rabbi Vigda Miller. Another one I want to mention from Rabbi Vigda Miller, and probably other people that speak about Shalom Bayes say this, which also has to be taken with a grain of salt, you know, if people did not listen to it and how to deal with it. So, for example, Rabbi Vigda Miller, one of the things he used to say is that when a couple um, gets into their fights, which is happens, or the worst thing is they should not use what he said, the D word. They should not use the word divorce. Even as a joke, they should not use it. And because if you use it, it weakens already the bond of marriage. And it already causes a separation, even if you just joke about it or just mention that word. Now, there's a lot of truth to that, and you need to know if you're single and you're about to get married or ready to get married, or if you're already married and you know those words were never, ever used before, you have to be careful and make sure not to use those type of inflammatory words, like, you know, get out of the house and, uh, you know, uh, um, I'll divorce you and things like that, especially when they don't mean it, and even if they mean it, this is not the way to go about it. And you have to be very careful because even in great marriages, if you say those words, it could really cause a lot of damage. And that is true. The problem, though, and this is something in balance in life, you have to hear this. So if you do hear this and you know, hey, wait a minute, I did use those words. And even worse, I used very harsh words, very bad um, words that I shouldn't have said and mentioned divorce all the time when we're fighting like cats and dogs. And you hear that, and you, you're told that that made it a, 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 bre- a breach in the marriage that, is, that cannot be repaired. It's not true that it cannot be repaired. You need to know that. Adarabah, actually, because, again, there is a concept of Zedainus Nasekis Averis could become mitzvahs if you do tshuva me'ahava, and certainly like shkagais. And so, if so, so basically, I'm telling both groups: if someone's single, going into marriage, or someone's married and never used those words when they fight, like "I'm going to divorce you," or "throw you out of the house," or use such expressions, then of course it should never ever be used, no matter how upsetting a situation is. But know that if you already have spoken in such languages and you regret, you know, harsh inflammatory words. What you need to do is two things. Number one is stop. Make yourself a commitment never to say those words again. And, you know, learn how to disagree in a normal, you know, calmer way, but never use the word divorce, never use it not going forward ever again. And realize also that when you work on something and transform it from the bumps in the road and it becomes, uh, 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 you know, straightened out and worked out, it could become even more beautiful than a marriage that always was sort of smooth. And you need to remember that. That is so true. 
and it's true in the Jewish world, it's true in the non-Jewish world. There are stories, success stories like that, where, where people, uh, husband and wife, were really in, in rough positions, and they were at the verge of divorce many times, said terrible things to each other over the course of the years, or whatever it is, and they were able to turn everything around completely. Because that's not the same person who you were before. So that's very important to know about that type of thing. Whenever you hear from here what I'm going to say or said, or from Ravigda Mill if you hear him, or anyone who talks about Shalom Bias and they say, never say this, never say that, um, this, is, this, will, this will kill a man. All, no matter how strongly that is said, and there's truth to it, you need to know that if indeed you slipped on those things, that doesn't mean it's not reversible. And I said this many times because 99%, maybe 98%, you could debate which one, a marriage, all the problems are reversible with the proper behaviors that the wife and the husband start committing to, to um, act differently and behave more kindly to each other, and start working things out. So, now we're going to discuss different things of how sometimes these um, friction points could eventually, you know, be a springboard to actually make you closer to each other. So, here you have the wife, uh, you come home and uh, your wife is late or dinner isn't ready, or your husband came home and, um, and he came home like an hour or two later from work and didn't, forgot to tell or didn't tell his wife, or didn't call her that he is going to be late, late. So, you need to know when you get into these situations that it's Hashem testing you to see how you're going to react and to see whether you're going to get angry or upset, and to pass that test is to realize it's minashamayim, and not to get angry, and not to get upset. Because everything that occurs in life, especially between spouses, is Hashem giving us the opportunity to reward us, to make us grow, grow, to develop us, or like Rav Miller said in his nice unromantic way, like sandpaper. That, that sort of smooths out a piece of uh, wood. It's not happy about it. Sandpaper is not pleasant, but it, you know, refines you. <clears throat> but both parties, husband and wife, need to know that this is a bidiyevet. What do I mean by bidiyevet? It's a bidiyevet and not a likitchila. Meaning this idea that you say that everything comes from Hashem, even the hurtful things that your spouse did to you, that's after the fact. That's after it happened. But Likitchila, but initially, each one of the spouses, the husband on his own and his wife on her own, needs to work as hard as possible to minimize these Nisyanis for the other. You know, we ask every day in Shemayin Asrei, we ask Altavienul De Nisoyin, we ask Hashem, please don't put us to a test. Please, Hashem, don't bring us to Nisyanis. It says Dabra Melech was, in a way, got into trouble, got punished. In a certain sense, he asked to be tested, and he, uh, and he, got fa- he failed in the test of Bathsheba. So there's a big, so the question is, if tests are good for us, and it refines us, and it betters us, why are we asking, don't give us a Nisyan? 
And the answer is, that's the point. There's a difference between Lichitchila, what you're initially asking for, and you ask to minimize the Nisayan, and you ask to um, not get into those situations. And a spouse, Lichitchila, cannot do on purpose in, in, you know, in advance things that say, oh, I want to give my husband Eilamabas, I'm really going to drive him crazy. And, vice, and, and the same the other way around. You're not allowed to do that. You can't behave that way. You can't behave in a way that you know will give a test that will make it harder for your wife or will make it harder for your husband. But, Bidiyeved, Bidiyeved means when it inevitably happens, if it does happen, people are human, they're going to make mistakes and people are going to be in a bad mood. Then, after that's done, then you need to do what Hashem wants you to do and respond with a betachen, with a peace of mind, with a calmness that's um, filled with kindness and with love. And um, that's a very, very important concept. And we're saying it in the context of Shalom Bayis, but it applies in life too, very, very much. And it applies on the depression that comes after sin, which is a problem. Because basically it's the same idea. Before a sin happens, you have to do everything you can not to do that sin. And you have the Bechira, you have to believe it. But once you chose whatever you chose, and you did the Avera, and now it's after the fact, you say, okay, I'm in this Matzif, it's been Hashemayim now, and now I have to do what Hashem wants from me now, which now is, yes, you, you say the Charata, you do the Vidoy, you do Kabbalah, you know, Alaba, you have a certain bitterness in you on the fact that you did it, and you say you're sorry, and you really show regret, but that's where it stops. It doesn't go to depression or apathy or yiyush of giving up. So you, a person, a mature yid or a mature person needs to understand the difference between a lekitchila, or what you're supposed to do before you're about to do something, and then b'diyevid once the thing happened. And over here, the same idea. Every husband listening to this, every wife listening to this, their initial job is not to bring this Yonis to the house, not to be that sandpaper. You can't say, just because Ravig de Miller said, you know, each one's going to sandpaper each other and refine each other by the, by the unpleasant stuff that, they, you know, that happens inevitably between the two of them. He's not saying that that's what you're supposed to do. You're not, this is not a mitzvah to be the sandpaper or to be ma'ayr uh, and be that source of nisayin uh, on the negative side in order to prompt your husband to greatness or your wife to greatness uh, to that they, they'll be uh, uh, you know they will have more self-control and they will be more sovereign if you act more um, nasty to them that's not how it works look at chila you're supposed to minimize that nisayin altivieni lide nisayin we ask Hashem don't put us to a test and you have no right to put your wife to that test. If you're in a bad mood, and so um, you have to make sure to check yourself and not blow up and cause your wife pain, even though, you know, after the fact, you're going to say that that pain may elevate her or cause her um, to refine her character. It's not your job to refine her character. It's your job to refine your character. So you're not allowed to do that. You're not allowed to create nisyonis for your spouse. But after the fact, once it happened, because we're human, it's inevitable to happen, that is when we say, it's menashamayim, 
what happened, you know, what my wife did or what my husband did was all Hashem arranged it. It's been a Shemayim and you learn from it and you react properly. Now, very often the Nesiyonis at home are much more subtle than the trials we face, um, you know, in other places. Because at a home, sometimes a person feels that he has a right to be angry at his spouse since she's or he is not a stranger, you know. And uh, we need to act respectfully towards strangers, but, um, you know, this person uh, is my wife or husband. I mean, they're, they're here all the time, and uh, there's no such uh, courtesy. And that's wrong. That's a mistake. It comes from the Yitzhahara to trick us. In reality, behaving properly at home with your wife and with your husband is a tremendous responsibility, bigger than your responsibility than the way you behave at um, you know, work or in shul or with other people, and it needs to be taken seriously. It needs to be taken very seriously. Now, that doesn't mean you can't relax at home. Yes, on one hand, home is a and should be uh, what we call a are mikla, the place of refuge, where you could loosen up a little bit, where you could be more yourself, where you could, you know, with, with when you're at work. Or you're in shul, sometimes you have to put up these, um, you know, um, walls or, you know, to, or masks sort of to just cope with what you need to do at work or wherever, you know, because that, that's your role. And you sometimes have to force yourself not to be yourself. Well, at home, it's best, of course, to be yourself, the best, your best self, of course, but be yourself. So in that sense, yes, home is meant to be more relaxed and a more a place where you feel that it's home and you're comfortable. But being comfortable at home does not mean you, you know, throw off all inhibitions and you say to yourself, now I can act any way I want. I could say anything I want because I am the man of the house or the woman of the house and uh, I could just blow up at everybody and, you know, basically let off steam uh, at everyone else's expense. No, it doesn't work like that. Not only is it you know, wrong to do that, to wreak havoc towards your husband or towards your spouse, to your wife, but it is um, you're wreaking havoc on your children. And um, you know, the, the home needs to be a safe place for them. So that's also very, very important. And um, so remember that, you said, always. There's a big difference, and it's his sight in life. But in Shalom Bayis, it certainly is. There's a Likat there's the initial, and then there's a Bidiyevet. You, at first, before something happens, or as you're going through in the present moment, you try to act the best you can. You try to act in the most self-control you can if a situation is difficult. And you try to pass that test. And you try not to create Nesiyanis for your husband, not to create Nesiyanis for your wife, not to antagonize them, not to create a situation where they will get upset or hurt. That's what you have to do. But the Yevid, if mistakes do happen and we're human and it's going to happen, that's when you say to yourself, my wife said this, it was L'Shem Shemayim. My husband did this, it was L'Shem Shemayim. There's a big difference between before and after. And that's a very important thing to know. It's a very important thing to practice. And we have to practice more on the Likatchila part, meaning on the present moment, at every present moment, to do our best 
to act in the best way possible at that given time. Have a wonderful day.